Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thank you for not coming. This is crazy. Um, welcome to Slayerfest 98. I'm <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about Once More with Feeling. <laughs> but before we get there, um, we have a previously on from uh, Ryan Houlihan. <laughs> In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Buffy was chosen to be the Slayer and infused with what we come to find out is secretly a demonic power by a bunch of vaguely old, old tribal dudes so that she can fight the forces of darkness, which leads her to burn down her high school and then have to change her entire face and political party. Yeah, the original Buffy is now full MAGA. I'm very sorry. She is. Anyway, she moves to Sunnydale, where she meets Giles and Willow and Xander and Cordelia, who isn't in this episode, but who the fuck cares? I wanted to mention that. Anyway, they fight off vampires and demons in Maggie Walsh's art project. And then a god, and then Buffy dies. Well... She dies for the second time. The first time made Faith, another Slayer who isn't in this episode because she has an arc on Angel, which is a spin-off that features Cordelia, so watch it. Anyway, Willow, who's now a lesbian witch, brings her back from the dead with the begrudging help of her girlfriend, Tara, who thinks she's using too much magic to solve all her problems. And what is this, Sabrina the Teenage Witch? <laughs> And then, just to prove that Tara was correct all along, Willow casts a spell to wipe Tara's memory of that argument. Meanwhile, Xander, who used to date Cordelia, proposed to Anya, because he has a type. <laughs> when he thought that they were all going to die, he proposed, and then only Buffy died, so now he's stuck marrying Anya, which wouldn't be so bad, but she used to be a vengeance demon who tormented men with magic for centuries, and he's kind of nervous about that. <laughs> yes. Anyway, Giles thinks Buffy needs to grow up and stand on her own two feet more because she hasn't been there for her sister Dawn. Well, I mean, she's kind of her sister, but she's also a ball of magical energy given life by a spell cast by a bunch of monks right before Buffy's mom died, which always seemed like really cruel timing. Anyway, it's not the cruelest death the series will have. Stay tuned. <laughs> Anyway, now they're all hanging out at Giles and Anya's store called The Magic Box and watching their chosen one struggle as she refuses to, like, see a therapist or take an SSRI. <laughs> Instead, she's chosen to flirt with another vampire, her second vampire boyfriend, mind you. But unlike that, fir that first one, he doesn't have a soul. He just has a microchip in his brain which renders him incapable of hurting people. So he's like a sociopath on a leash. What a, what a, what a, what a mensch. <laughs> Anyway, she thinks that he's hot because she has self-destructive tendencies, and that's what you missed on Glee. So today we're here to discuss once more the feeling, and like you all to welcome to the stage our guests. First up, we have Liza Sokol. Hi, Liza. Hi. Then we have Zoraida Cordova. Next we have Louis Peitzman. Everyone go to church. Then we have David Vasquez. That's all that's right.
sexier. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Hi. How are y'all doing? It's a little sweaty in here, I'm sorry. Hi, Meredith. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're here to discuss once more the feeling. Everyone here on this panel is a Scooby, which means they have been on this podcast for at least three episodes, if not more. Um, and Lewis actually recorded the episode of Once More Failing with me when we recorded our episode. We had a lot to say. Wait, did, did anyone listen to that already? Yes. It's okay if you Okay, didn't. so I'm going to repeat things and you're going to act really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, we're going to discuss the first half of the episode. Um, I'm realizing I forgot my phone with my notes in the bag. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, Ryan. Get my drink, too, if you don't mind. <laughs> It was at the ready. <laughs> it was. Thank you. Oh, great. Look at this service. Um, okay, so we get the opening credits. They're different than a normal episode. I kind of love them because it's very silly. I'll have you all know I tried very hard to put all of these faces into those little moons that we get in that credits, but like I, my video editing skills aren't that good, so I could not figure that out. Um, yeah, and then we get, Lewis, tell us about how that's more like a musical, what do you call it? They're like setting the stage in that beginning? An overture? I don't know, sure. <laughs> there is an overture. Lewis is our musical theater expert. Surprise, Lewis. <laughs> uh, yeah, put me on the spot. Um, yeah, I mean, there is like a like a, a good overture. I mean, Joss Whedon was like inspired by classic musicals, movie musicals, and stage musicals. And uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, it sets the stage. Ryan, do you have anything to say? I, so I actually, I know, I got to pass it to you and then I kept talking. Hi, I'm gay. Um, <laughs> so I actually love that opening. I think Buffy singing, that's, that's like one of my favorite scenes uh, because I really like, I could have done with like 10 more scenes of her slaying while singing because I think it's so, I love the dancing demons. I love the like hunk that she saves and she's like very disinterested. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, I, I like that it's a, one of the greatest all time I want songs. Um, and similar to like The Little Mermaid was like, I wanna be part of your world. I wanna get out of here and see everything. And Buffy's like, I have clinical depression. <laughs> I guess I'll be violent instead of talking because it's worked out so far. Buffy saw a therapist, the therapist would like keep the secret because of like confidentiality. Like, could Buffy talk about slang to a therapist? Have to. Right? So, I think like, they would have to. yeah. I don't know how things work in a supernatural world. <laughs> I like that also. If she went to a therapist, the therapist would be like, oh my god, that's what's been going on? How did my patients go missing? What, what is this about public knowledge? I thought it was cancer. We've been checking for radiation around this It would be like the Latinx therapist who also not keep a secret. Because you don't know how to keep a secret. Absolutely not. It's like, text your mother immediately. Your mom texts 17 of your uncles. But your mom says, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody, but it'll like. And so, but I think that one of the things that is missing for me from like Buffy is, is like the, the letting Buffy deal with her issues. And, and what more do we want? What else do we get but Buffy singing, right? Because this is my therapy. Is, singing about my feelings, 
and then probably after that, <laughs> it is an episode of Glee. <laughs> As Ryan said. I also like the idea that if she had a Latinx therapist, that the therapist would be like, okay, so you have magical powers, that's crazy. Everyone you know is white. Explore that. <laughs> Before we recorded, I was telling Zoraida, my 72-year-old mother loves Buffy. She's the one that got me into Buffy. She loves Buffy, and she would always be like, well, that Cordelia and Faith, they're so pretty, they have to be Hispanic. I love, too, that she's, she would, her comeback would be like, there's a lot of diversity, species diversity. And it would be like, so you only talk to white demons. Why do you prosthetics? The only thing missing is I would have liked more of her, like, silly patrolling while singing and dancing, because I think that just would have added to it. That's like my my one fucking flaw with this episode, but I... Yeah, it should have been three hours rather than 95 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it should have been the season finale, like this is like, we're yes. gonna end with this bomb of thing. Um, season six for me is a little, you know, I have mixed feelings about it um, for the writing and, and choices that were made, but I think it is still my favorite Buffy episode overall, and in the season, um, and my favorite yeah. song is still James Marsters. <laughs> I love a rock melody. I love a rock melody. This last night, and I was not sober, and I was sitting next to Ian, and I, when James started singing, I go, "This is my favorite song," and he yelled at me. So I thank you. For Why? The Listen, okay, I'm a, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Don't ever let a man raise his voice at you. <laughs> I would also say that if they had done a musical finale to season six, I want full Dark Willow, Let It Go, but with murder. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about people's skin! <laughs> let your rosacea go. Um, I wanted to say, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar does a really good job for like someone who has no musical background. And like that was a big deal, like her and Alex. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those studio technicians really knew their way around auto too. Don't you don't you badmouth them here. Not today. Listen, I tweeted this average Geller to invite her. Who knows if she's here? She's not. <laughs> Pretty sure she would rather die. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> well then we go to the magic box, and I did I actually wrote a note here. I was very high. But um, my note, I mean, this is like my hundredth time watching it, but my note was that it's very tightly established with props, like what is going on, because this has to be a standalone episode because it's the musical, but it also manages to move the plot forward very well. Like a lot of stuff happens that has tons of consequences, but they have to set that up for people that know it's an event episode. So there's a lot of like someone reading a book that tells you about their character and this person's fighting in the background and we don't really see it, but it establishes what's happening. And, I, I don't know, my, my note there was like, um, great job, Joss, and I assume Jane Espenson, because yeah. <laughs> talent is talent. Uh, we have had her on the podcast, and she is always like, she has her scripts ready to like read from, even now, like 20 years later. Marty Knoxon's scripts are in a, a chest that's locked twice at the bottom of the ocean, and she's like, fine, if you don't want them, you can't have them. I'm real as on Hulu, fuck you. Wait, Cardi Knoxon has the best bio on Twitter now. Yes! yes. I've ruined Buffy and I'll ruin you too. I would like to think that's why she never responds to my queries of being on the podcast. I mean, I don't think she ruined Buffy, but I do think Magic Crack is one of the worst things we've ever had happen on television. <laughs> 
depression is real, but also I can't imagine depression of coming back to life. <laughs> like, yeah, like I spent a whole day in bed because yeah. I tripped. Like, <laughs> also, not only did you come back to life, it's not like you came back from hell where you're like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. Like Dean Winchester, he's like, thank you, I was in hell. And, and multiple times, you know, many times, except for like the time that he was there with his vampire boyfriend. Um, but she comes back from heaven, so she's just like, oh great, this is actual hell. And I'm sorry, I hate everyone that actually loves me, but you're gonna have to deal with it, but nobody wants to help her. And that's why, I think that's why season six is like a bummer sometimes, except for this episode. <laughs> If she just used her words and told them what was actually happening, instead of just sitting she, in her She pocket. spent like six seasons literally hiding everything that she is and her her powers, so like she can't go to anybody. Wait, but it's it's a symptom of every season of TV ever. If they just told everyone what was happening, it'd be the next 35 seconds. If they had fucking cell phones on Friends, everybody would have been like, are we on a rig? Yes, in text message. And we wouldn't have gotten a wonderful season of, oh yeah, on a rig! You're advocating people using their words, and when you have Dawn using her words all the time, it's a horrible effect. And I think that you should remember that sometimes expressing your feelings is actually a bad thing. Also, like, these people are like 21, and I was a fucking psychopath at 21, and I didn't have superpowers. They were even 21, they were like 19, yeah. right? Their ages are fuzzy. They're fuzzy. I was such a shithead. I'm, I'm still a shithead, especially at 19. Like, what the fuck did I know what was going on? I was still living at home, and then I moved back home at 35. So, I know. I really wanted to do an I've Got a Theory about political conspiracy theories here. And it wasn't Ian's sense of humor. But just know that yesterday was a very specific day for me to want to write. I've got a theory. It was Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Right here. <laughs> I gave him the okay, but we did the previously on instead. <laughs> I'm sorry, I probably should have the bet on that one. No, I probably shouldn't have tried to bring up Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> oh, I did! Oh, I did! Oh, he's bad. <laughs> well, there is child trafficking in this episode of Buffy. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Alright, we're done. We're, we're canceling the line. <laughs> Anyway, the bunny stuff is very funny. Right? Angel and Spike having like buggery sessions is canon, right? Like they were definitely. I don't imagine there's a world in which because I also picture like Drusilla going down on, on a bunch of women, right? Before she killed them. So I can't imagine a world where Spike and Angel weren't like, you wanna fucking work this shit out? And right. I was like, yeah. You can't you can't live like two centuries and not have some sort of queer right. sex. That's just not gonna happen. I've, I've had oh, yeah, I've had enough straight men in my mouth that I think <laughs> their blood, I don't understand a I sired them. Oh, so there was a musical episode of Buffy. I love Willow references nightmares, the episode because she hates singing. Um, I love Tara's jazz hands. On his bunny solo. When you talk when you just said uh Willow. I was like, what what terrible thing did I say that <laughs> No no she doesn't actually she doesn't sing at all yeah. in this episode. And I think she's like the only person who literally they can't get to keep like on beat or, or, or to hold a tune. Because when she's on, on How I Met Your Mother, 
They do the exact same thing when they have a singing episode. Yes, she doesn't, she won't sing. And I don't know if it's just like, I can't sing, or if it's like, I'm too embarrassed to sing. But you're an actor and you have like a flute in your vagina and American Pie, so like, singing is not the most out of the question thing that could actually happen to you. Um, unless you just really are really bad at it. As a tone deaf person myself, I respect her choice to not participate at all. It's why some of us love to karaoke. I'm actually thankful for that because she's like pretty and rich and famous and like was on my favorite television show and I'm like, I got one you didn't get. <laughs> How about your mother was your favorite television show? <laughs> also, I wanted to talk about my, <clears throat> spoiler alert, favorite scene. Dawn walks into the magic box, and she says, oh my god, you guys would never believe what happened today. And Buffy's just like looking at her block, and is like, did everyone break out in the sauna and dance? And she's like, he broke through a pterodactyl, and Ryan, what does Anya say? I was good, I opened my notes. This is Anya's best line reading ever. Oh my god, did it sing? <laughs> Second best line reading ever. Willow's a demon? <laughs> I do like that the show's tone for this musical episode is very, there's a lot of darkness and serious like issues being discussed. It's also very funny, and it's not funny in the way of like, isn't depression hilarious? <laughs> Sometimes you don't want to feel, and you can't! No, it's like, it's more like, around it it's funny. Also, were the other citizens in Sunnydale having as much plot development as this Because I imagine a lot of divorces happen. <laughs> to like a nickelback, like, I don't want to be here! <laughs> they were like, what is going on? songs about like why are we still living in this town? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, someone was having a funeral that day in Sunnydale. Wait! That night was true! What if it's just because I'm Jewish and I didn't understand other people's religion? <laughs> Nighttime funerals, sure. Sure. Christianity, what's that? I also have to imagine that the Sunnydale funeral home was like, we are booked, but we do have a discount. <laughs> 25% off of the vampire dances on your coffin. <laughs> oh, I hope that's me! <laughs> so Tara and Willow leave. Yeah. <clears throat> and... To the most not-subtle voting Volumes. <laughs> you know, I don't... Corset! I... I am here to defend the corset. No! Because no. if I was gonna do a lesbian Lilith Fair anthem, <laughs> Corset, I can't breathe. <laughs> but if you were gonna, if you were gonna have like mystical uh, sex with your girlfriend, would you be wearing a skirt that went all the way down to your feet and somehow still, I don't know. Yeah, I don't like my legs. Maybe, maybe I'm subconscious, Lewis. But you know that I still have problems with the logistics of the sex scene. We can get into that. So, it's so, unsubtle. Like, the lyrics at the end of that song. Okay, wait. Yeah. Wait. Spread beneath my willow tree. <laughs> I know, it, I really like 
wonder how they got away with it because it's like it's not even like a metaphor or something. Like it's like it's my favorite episode of the Elder. <laughs> It took us so long to get a kiss, and then we got that. Right. My favorite part is when the straight guys, like, hit on, like, oh, yeah. Tara. While well, Sunnydale and everyone gave, every time someone gave you a weird look, like, what is going on? You thought that they were hitting on you. You'd be like, I am incredibly hot. Clem probably had, like, a really high self-esteem. Yeah. I have to say that if Clem is not today somewhere in the world a skincare influencer, <laughs> I am furious. I think, I don't know if this is an unpopular, I don't love the song. Oh, I like it. Yeah. I don't like it as much. I can't place it in, like, you know, the, the different kinds of, like, the genres that we're going through. And it's actually the song that I always skip. Oh, I love that it was very, like, Tracy Chapman, Lisa Loeb, like, acceptable lesbianism. If they had more, like, Michelle Branch piano or something yeah. in there. <laughs> I, like, I mean, I like it. I prefer, like, I prefer the, like, magic lesbianism to the magic drugs. I love the cutaway to, like, Xander being like, I bet they're not even doing research. It's also, like, so weirdly, they would have never gotten away with this on the WB, right? Like, I don't, I think that UPN was probably, like, so happy to have a show that got anything. But they were like, you know what? Sure. Sing about eating out your girlfriend. Go right ahead! <laughs> We're happy to have you kids. Do you need anything a condom? <laughs> I mean, you can also give us them fucking a house down. Yeah. yeah. So, the idea that her and like a monster, like I'm a tiny girl with huge powers, and I'm gonna fuck this monster's house down. That is like, essential job screening. <laughs> Movie has, that has, has, I am so no, turned on right now. Has, well, it's, it's Joss Whedon feminism, right? Yeah. That's, that's yeah. just what it is. <laughs> she's knocking the house down, and she's the bottom, but she's a power bottom. Yeah. And she's blonde and pretty. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not shaming power bottoms, I swear. I yeah. wish I could have fucked the house down. Listen. The, the feminism of Buffy is obviously of its time, but every time someone comes for it, I just go like, you know, they put them in bikinis on Charmed every week. <laughs> Santa Claus is a demon, I get it. On Charmed, they were like, leprechauns are real! And I was like, you were a mermaid last week! <laughs> Dom's kleptomania is such a low-stakes problem. Like, yeah. people are dying constantly yeah. to know why we care that Dom likes to steal things. It's not that big of a deal. I feel like, right, I'd be like, sure, whatever. Soldier you say that, but they did almost all die because of her kleptomania. Well, so, she had that, like, jewelry box of, like, a bunch of stuff. Like, what else in there is charmed in some way that's gonna fuck everyone over? Right, because does she only steal from the magic box or does she steal from other people? Right. And, and there's like, like somebody actually, a bunch of people did actually explode from the city of dancing. So like, that was Sanders' fault. Sanders' fault, Sanders. Right, there are no, there are no repercussions for it. It's not her fault. That is, that is right. a good point. That is a good point. But um, it, I don't know, I feel like with Dawn, it was always weird because she's exactly Buffy's age when Buffy starts the show. 
And so, but she actually doesn't have a childhood, even though she's not a real girl. <laughs> she's like Pinocchio. Who <laughs> even wrote Dom's journals? Because she had journals going out. Did the monks like sit down and write those journals? They transcribed Scrappy Doo's dialogue from all of Scooby Doo. They took every word that Scrappy Doo said and they put it in a journal. And they were like, this will be wonderful. I feel like it was this like script to the B movie. It was two fags like me and Ryan being like, ooh, we got this. Oh, all those monks were gay. You don't end up in an ancient, magical, fucking worshiping Glorificus? Or even fearing her? You, that is gay men. That is gay men. I do think those pajamas are like at least as ridiculous as Tara's Renfair outfit. Like wearing those pajamas to bed would be a Yeah, Xander definitely is in like stained boxers with like like a clam sauce on them. Although Anya being like, I'm gonna show off how fucking fit I am at bedtime makes total sense. With like a pin curl. Oh, I buy that. Anya's abs are gay rights. I also love the scene right after this where they're walking down the street yes. and they're both talking and the, both of their sets of dialogue are hilarious and I remember thinking at the time like, oh, I wish I could rewind. And he was like, I didn't have to do <laughs> um, And now I can and I made my fiance watch it several times. He's like, yes, it's very funny. <laughs> I was like, it is. It's great writing. I, re I remember the first time, so I recorded it on VHS and I remember the first time I realized that Marty Knoxon's like, woman getting a ticket says like, I'm not wearing underwear. And I was like, oh, oh shit, she said that. Because of course, like the first two times, yeah. like you said, there's a lot of dialogue going on and you don't realize. Um, also, that took 21 takes, the commentary to wow. have. Because it's one long take and like everyone has to be dancing behind them. I'm sure everybody was very fun on set. Yeah, <laughs> sure they all loved it. Sure the craft services people were like, what a fun thrill. Those three guys with the brooms not doing anything. I'm sorry. And those three guys are the same guys that are the demons dancing with Buffy when she's slain, oh, and wow. the demons with the Pinocchio heads later on. Fun fact, everyone. That's what happens when you're in the union. <laughs> Where are we? We're at the magic when I think it's standing. Oh no, she goes to visit Spike. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Y'all are crazy. This is, this is my problematic daddy! <laughs> it's also like clearly the worst song in the episode. No! starts as like a sad like um like uh what was that song from armageddon that was like <laughs> 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 
singing a song and she just sticks around. Yeah, but that's me. I'm like, oh, well, the guy's still giving me attention. I'm like, well, still. <laughs> no, but I think what's important about this song is that it modeled healthy relationship behavior for all of us. <laughs> this is what I look for. Right, something very toxic and, and, and dangerous. Read me for Phil. Uh, it's like, oh wow, you look like you could have been a man when you were 17, between the ages of 17 and 35. I'm here. Are you okay? No, I'm not. <laughs> and so then we get to Tara and Dawn, right? Tara's, or Dawn sings literally the only song she needs to sing is, does anyone even notice I'm here? That's it. That's it. We don't need any more from her. Yeah, I like that the composer said no. <laughs> uh, so... When I was at the San Diego Town sing-along, literally when Dawn, we talked about this, Lewis, when Dawn, what did she say? It gives me tummy rumbling. Oh yeah, oh, the worst, the worst one. Well, the problem is they couldn't figure out if Dawn was like 12 or 18 when they played the show, so they whatever was convenient for the episode. And the problem was she was, the actress was young, but she looked old. She was tall. She was tall. She was tall. You about this show. <laughs> my tummy's rumbling, Ryan. Yeah, that might actually be true. <laughs> so, but when I watched it say no comment up, literally everyone yelled, shut up, Dawn. <laughs> it was rude. Because, like, come on. But, like, I do feel a little bad for her, but to be fair, she spent the entire season saying, get out, get out, get out, for every episode. 
I also appreciate that Dawn is like, I'm a teenager, I can stay home alone, thank you, Tara. Yeah, she's like, she's like, I get, uh, the 15 year old can stay home in a locked house by herself, but it's like, uh, that's never worked out. That didn't work out for Buffy, who can lift a car. Like, you are in the most, if I was that 15 year old, I would have been like, no, 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 you are sticking around. I also want a gun. I, 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 I am pro gun control, but under the circumstances. So talking about this podcast, talking about this show, like when I talk about Sunnydale, I sound like a Republican NRA. Right? Yeah. They should have weapons. They should. Yes. Also, the only time I think that. I like the Buffy went for the rocket launcher and then went back to the crossbow. Like that. Honestly, frankly, like. Good for you. C congratulations. You really are standing by your politics. I, on the other hand, I would have been strapped like I was in a video game. Teenagers in Sunnydale should only ever be left with an adult that can move a refrigerator with their mind until they are 21. Like, when Veronica Mars pulls a gun on Liam, what, Liam whatever, in the new season four. Spoilers! She Say she pulled, she, it's in the second episode. Give me a I'm not saying about the finale. She's a detective. Sorry to ruin it for you. But I was like, yes, good for you, girl. And then I was like, what's my, what are my politics? Am I, am I a problem? Like, why do I think this is okay? And I was like, well, Neptune's kind of like a hell mouth, just it is. Could you imagine interviewing babysitters for Dawn and you're like, can you summon the arcane hearts? We should, we should talk about how so Dawn's been kidnapped. Oh, yeah. And she's with Sweet, right. uh, who has an amazing jawline. I will say, the timing, the, the, the technical expertise, the special effects team that had those fire trucks pass behind them during Let It Burn. I have to think that they did a lot of math and hated everyone on set. <laughs> I thought the dancing was great. I think Sweet is phenomenal. I mean, like, like world class, right? Like a great. Yeah, I just like the costuming is not my favorite. I actually really love it. It's like it's actually kind of, like his voice is super sexy. Oh yeah. Uh, well, right, so but, like, why does he have like an errant dick on his chin? Because <laughs> he's a demon. The... Like, like, okay, like, I'm not above fucking a demon, but like. I actually prefer my Buffy characters to also be believable Power Rangers. <laughs> I think you're gonna be like, oh, it's the end of the check week, so like we're just putting whatever we have left in the cabinet and into, the, into the dish. Season six, I think, is like one of the biggest moments. And I think of the, the demon. The kitchen sink. When they're stuck in Buffy's house, that demon, what? He has like three horns. He's got a sword, he has like a potato sack as a shirt. I'd fuck him. I would fuck him. They, would, they, they, they spent their entire budget on Into Season 5 on that fake snake, where they had the CGI yes. snake and then the giant snake. When you listen to the commentary, they're so excited. But in the case of Sweet Space, I actually feel like it's very deliberate because for the show, it's a little higher quality than a lot of other prostheses. The writer's Googling his face. I so, like Sweet. I like Sweet. I like this number. I think the, the thing on his chin is very deliberate. Like yeah. they wanted a uh, like a goatee type thing, except he's a demon, so instead of hair, it's like part of his it was body. No, did you know he was on The Wiz? Really? I know he's a, he's a Tony Award winning actor. He's a Tony Award winning actor, and also like one of the very few uh, black people slash people of color on Buffy. You're right. I didn't know he was a person on Buffy. And he doesn't die. Let's applaud. Like, the sexual politics are maybe bad, but I was rock hard from season one to season seven. I don't give a shit. No, uh, what is, what is, so if we're, we're looking, we're talking about uh, the, the, this this song with Dawn uh, 
saying about how she well, she is assumed to be the person who summoned the demon. Right. Um, and she's going to be his queen, and she's this like innocent, beautiful child bride, essentially. And I think that like one of the one of the feelings of the show is using Dawn as this like set piece yeah. all the time because I'm like, okay, we already used you as a set piece in season five. And we don't need to do that. And we don't need to do that again. And I get, I understand why we assume that it was her because she's a fucking kleptomaniac, Winona Ryder kind of type. Um, but- Free Winona. Free Winona. I do love Winona. Um, but don't you think maybe it's a little bit subversive because the, the reason that that fake out works is that like, well, of course it was John. I mean, it's all singing dance. Right, but it was actually Xander. But I think it's the way that they styled her. They put her in yeah. this like powder dress. Yeah, they do. They make her do this like beautiful like dancing scene where she's like swept off her feet, and they like infantilize her. And I think that's really super weird. Um, I really enjoyed. Let It Burn, I think that's a fun song. It's a fun group number. I also think, and fuck y'all, um, I also think that I'm glad that there's a Tara-centric episode and this bitch got to flex. This bitch was like, I can sing and I'm hot as shit and I'm gonna put on a corset and I'm gonna make it real tight. I'm also gonna be 100% correct about everything and I was glad about that because Tara deserves Tara rights. Ryan said Tara rights. I mean, it was your head did release an album. Yes. Um, yes. It's, we, it's weird. It's very weird. It has some like James Marsh spoken word on it. Um, oh, really? Yes, yes. And it has an Amber Benson like backup vocal happening. And I love, I love, I love the reprise. Uh, Reprises. I was watching with my fiance who loves a key change, and he went, yes. And I was like, God, could you, could we? like huge faggots at this exact moment. <laughs> but I agree that, that might be the gayest thing that's been said at Stonewall, which is an accomplishment. I don't know. But I will say, it is a yas moment. Like, those two together doing that reprack, it is so good. And you know that the executive producers were like, give them a reprack. <laughs> the joke of, are we gonna do an 80s workout montage? <laughs> do no, they may do. And I also love that Sarah Michelle Gellar was doing that, like, punching and stuff. No. Okay, I was actually kind of upset by the punching. Now, she did a really good, like, roundhouse kick, is that the kind yeah, of yeah, kick that yeah, she did? Yeah, yeah. Um, that was really good. She said a lot of great stunts on her own that have been on camera. Um, However, the way that she was punching the punching bag was very upsetting to me. It, it, it looked like as if, if she actually put a lot of effort into it, she could have really hurt herself. And at that point, she had done over five seasons of playing Bucky the Vampire Slayer, which is a very combat-heavy role. If, so, so, yes. Well, I yes. thought it was perfect form. I don't know any karate. Right. What do I know? Do you remember the early seasons when they used like stunt doubles and it was very yes. clearly not her at all? I mean, there was a woman, and then, but her and David Boreanaz just like checked out of every fight scene. They were like, "You guys go ahead." A lot of her stunt doubles have looked like John Cena in a wig. <laughs> I would like to see that. I actually think I really was a little bit wowed by the fact that Giles was willing to put Dawn's life on the line to teach Bubba yeah. the lesson. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like something else would have come up that might not have involved killing Dawn? 
was no bird. Fuck, Buffy arrives. Buffy arrives at bronze to rescue Dawn. She sings her own song. Wait, I love that Sweet refurbished the bronze, and he made it a clean space for bright colors. Because for a long time, the bronze was looking rough. Yeah, prepare for Michelle Branch to arrive in the next episode. <laughs> who's a dear friend of Mia Zoraida's. She said on the episode we recorded, which I never fucking noticed before, Sweet is not unlike Jim Carrey in The Max. Oh. Yes. I love that song. I think it's so great. He has to pee. And I, 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 what I love about it is that um, it is a classic Broadway um, where the character is trying to convince themselves of something and the audience knows that that's not true. And I think that that's such a touch of Broadway that I think a few moments in the show bring. That Joss had obviously sat down and like seen a bunch of shit. He like went to Wicked. Um, I like that. I like that Josh was like, Seasons of Love? No. Wait. He walked through the fire in a tool. Um, but I like that, and I think it finally gave Buffy the musical moment that I think we had been building towards. There's obviously songs after this, but I think it was the moment that the whole show was building towards was this big reveal. And it feels like a big reveal when she says that she was, yeah. sorry to spoil this, ripped out of heaven. Liza was like, why is Willow the only one we're acting appropriately in this? John was like, oh god, another fucking family trauma. Um, I also really like that, um, that, uh, the, the, the she needs backup. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's yes. such a good moment when Giles is like, she needs backup, Anya Tara. And Wait, we also should point out that, that Giles, um, Giles is the only one who doesn't pronounce Tara's name correctly. So wait, so. Giles calls her Tara. Tara, I feel like that's his, like, I don't know. In case you've forgotten, I am British. And you are Tara, not Tara. Yeah, there's an accent that would just be a dick. Listen, Giles! Giles, you know, thought to give her back up when she was dancing normally, but none of the Scoobies um, interfered when she started dancing too crazy. It was that Yes. Oh, they spiked! She busted. Do you think it was because they weren't able to? Like, the, the rest of the no, no, I think, okay, minus the rape scene, I think Spike actually cares about her. It's <laughs> I'm a bad feminist! Get over it! From the writer's perspective, you're right. That like that he is the one person who understands what's happening with her. Sorry, all I heard was that I'm right. <laughs> well, so I think we're at the end. Yes. Everyone cries. Xander, their curtains close. Curtains are about to close. They kiss. I love it. I'm not gonna lie, guys. The first time I watched that, I was like, I loved it. And I still love it. It's typical Buffy being I fucking stupid, and I love it. <laughs> yeah, we, we like. Is it. it the right decision? No. Is it hot? Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> amongst us does not have a spike. I. We all have our spikes. I have only dated spikes. I want to fuck a house down. Let's fuck be your spikes all you want. Just go to work on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Emotionally fine. Um, <laughs> Megami and Avant, would you like to come out and finish the episode with us? 
All right, so now, as we do often on the podcast, we say our favorite scene, our favorite outfit, and we grade the episode. All of us, we're going to pass the mic down and we're going to do all three real quick. I gave the episode an A+. Plus. It's one of my fucking favorite episodes of Buffy. I, give it, I, like, I think it's my second favorite episode next to Russell's. Those are my two favorite episodes. Um, and then Hush. Um, I give it an A+. Plus. Uh, my favorite outfit is Anya's with the butterfly top. I just love that. I think it's iconic. I think Tara's crazy corset is maybe more iconic, but I don't love um, it. And I think... My favorite scene is, oh my god, did it sing? Uh, I get me my love. It's Megami. Megami. Rude, you always fuck up my name. I do, I'm sorry. Um, well, yeah, this is probably my number one favorite Buffy episode. It's what got me into Buffy to begin with, so obviously I love it. Um, I'm gonna have to say my, my favorite outfit is Anya's red uh, lingerie, and I'll never tell. <laughs> It's between that or a Buffy's like, life's a show, and you know, that red, like her revealing it with the leather jacket. It's, it's those two. I love both of them. And uh, my favorite scene is uh, bunnies, and I've got a theory. I love, I love Anya, obviously. <laughs> I'm biased. I'm biased. Fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm, this show doesn't get a grade because it taught the fucking class. <laughs> favorite outfit is, so I do think that Tara's corset is iconic, and on revisiting it, I like it more than I did at the time. Um, but I do think my favorite outfit is when Sweet goes and changes his suit color. Yes! Because I wish I could. Um, and then my favorite scene is honestly the opening. I really like that going through the motions. I really like, um, it really sets us up really well, and it also is well-performed, well-choreographed. It's funny. Uh, and you knew what you were getting, like, immediately. Like, you immediately knew the tone and where we were going and the reveals we were going to get. Um, so, yeah, I think it's that. Um, so, my favorite, uh, I give this episode an A+, because I love this episode. Uh, I seduce a straight man to this episode. Oh. <laughs> uh, and... My favorite song is Let Me Rest in Peace. That is my favorite scene. And I love Spike's just leather exterior. The, all of it. All of it. He, I will accept the hair and everything. Even though I am an angel fan. No. So. No, fuck you guys, because I'm also an angel fan. He never tried to rape her. But I would grade this. I would have graded this episode A plus when I watched it originally. In hindsight, I will give it an A minus. Only because it's so fucking phenomenal that it inspired every other television show to have a musical episode that did not need it to have. A a musical episode. Uh, yeah. What, like, Xena was the only episode, like, series that had an episode, like, a musical episode. And after Buffy, like, every was like, wow, we're gonna have, uh, like, yeah, a singing episode. My favorite 
song is actually the Under Your Spell reprise. Yes! Because yes! I think Amber Benson and Nancy Stewart Head, like, they work so well together. It's so, like, melodic. It's so beautiful. Um, but also, like, I really like I'll Be Misses. Appreciate that, like you've like you've been given enough. You want more. I've delivered more, and it's good. Like you can like you revisit that like in season seven, and it's like maybe the best song overall. Outfit wise, uh, I've done this show seven different times in seven different outfits. Not often do people recognize that Buffy, during Rest in Peace, is wearing a skirt. I'll say that. Buffy doesn't like wear like a combat skirt very often. I don't know. All the outfits, like, the panel will talk about, like... Yeah. I mean, I'm really glad that someone shouted out Grey's Anatomy because that musical episode is high art. It is yeah. one of the worst things that ever happened and I'm obsessed with it. Um, I mean, every single episode is its own special kind of crap. But, um, okay, I get this episode an, an A. Um, I, I don't think it's perfect, but it, it might as well be. Um, favorite outfit is whatever the guy's wearing at the beginning when she's gonna rescue him, the guy who's like wearing a floaty shirt and like... A tunic. Yeah, so that, that guy who never appears again. Um, and my favorite song is also uh, the standing under your spell for priest. Um, I guess my, I give it an A. It's fun. I don't know. I mean, it's not my favorite. Buffy season six is not my favorite season. So I, I can't like just be like, oh, it's great. It's the musical episode. Like, no, like everything that's happening sucks. Um, my favorite outfit is either Anya in like the red pajamas, which you looked fucking beautiful. And it were credits too. Or um, Willow wears like a really cute like duster, which I was very into when I was younger. So like it just hits me in the nostalgia feels. And my favorite song is Spike Song because I have taste. <laughs> Um, sorry if you don't. <laughs> um, within the context of 2001, I'm gonna have to give the episode an A+. It's definitely my favorite episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It also, you know, it rekindled the, the, the phenomenon of having a musical episode. Um, so within, I mean, there are definitely problematic elements, including the uh, gay panic, but within the context of when it was created, yeah, A+. Um, and I get that season six was bad, and it, it was like a, 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 a weird thing to have its strongest moment so early, but that's not a fault of that episode. Yeah. So my favorite, I was in the Renaissance Club at, this, at the time. Because <laughs> I was one of those people who actually watched uh, Buffy as, a, as it was airing. I was in the 10th grade. I was, it was my second year in the Renaissance Club, so Amber Benson's outfit was amazing to me. The gossamer green sheen of her corset definitely puts me at ease to this day. My favorite moment was the standing uh, under your spell reprise, because that's the moment when talent won. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you all for joining us. We have one more card from our wonderful queens. Please have a little bit of table over the backstage. And I got to be. Thank you so much.